welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I'm just so excited that you're hanging with me, that you're listening to another episode, and that this one caught your eye. Because it is another bomb-ass amazing episode, let me tell you. I am talking with Dr. Michelle Quirk. She is a pediatric hospitalist, but she is so much more than that. She tells her story today about how running changed her life, it helped her through burnout, and it also helped fuel a new passion that she didn't even know she had and created a business called Mindful Marathon. If you have ever run, if you want to start running again, or if you're like me who wants to stop cursing while running, you need to talk to Michelle. So listen to this conversation and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Michelle Quirk. Girl, it is so nice to get on here with you. So much for having me, Erin. I'm really happy to be here. And to all of our audience members, we had some snafus the first time we tried to do this because my power went out. <laughs> we had to reschedule and then all the COVID stuff, but now we are doing it. So Dr. Michelle, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and the fabulous work you're doing in the world. So I am a pediatrician in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and I am a runner and a run coach, but uh, that didn't all start until sort of later in life. Um, And I have a company called Mindful Marathon, where I try to bring running to to everyone, (laughs) to the masses, and get people going. I love it. And I actually found you through um, a fellow physician coach, Allie Novinsky. And I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to you. And since I've been following you on Instagram and getting your newsletter, it's just been so good. And I feel like I already know you so well, but I'm just excited to have a conversation today. And we're going to talk about that specifically marathon. So I know a little bit of why you picked it, but give me the more in-depth details. Word marathon, because I often compare life to the marathon very frequently. <laughs> and I think that for me, I, I certainly didn't think that I would run a marathon or that it was possible that I would do something like that. And so I picked the word also to remind me about, you know, what we're all capable of, that we're stronger than we think, and that really um, to make it possible for other people. So, um, you know, Marathon, it's, it's part of the name of my business as well because of that. And not that everybody has to go out and run a marathon, but I think that for me, um, it really helped me to bring a certain confidence to other aspects of my life since then. And really everything has taken off since I ran that first marathon. Yeah. And give me the details. When was it? Where was it? I did a super fun one in Disney World (laughs) in uh, January of 2018. And before that, you know, I had run um, a bunch of shorter distance races, and I really enjoyed the half marathon distance. Um, But I had thought for a long time that I might want to run a marathon. And finally, um, really, it took a lot of time to convince myself that I wanted to train for one and work with my own coach to be able to do it. So 
Um, it was in Disney. I actually said, I think, that if I'm ever going to run one, it'll be in Disney World because I love Mickey and I love Disney. <laughs> and I say that the marathon there is like the ultimate park hopper. Like you get to run through all the parks. <laughs> And it's just a super fun atmosphere, very supportive. There's a very generous um, time limit. So if you keep a 16-minute mile, you will finish that thing. And most people can walk uh, a 16-minute mile. So it's really a great race. Um, if people are considering a first one, it's it's really great. Yeah. And let's talk about that, that like lead up time before you ever even like put your tennis shoes on. Like all the mind drama all the, I don't think I'm a runner, I don't belong here, all of that stuff. So I think because I was not always a runner, you know, when I was a kid, I was, I was not a runner at all. I was like the kid hopping and puffing to finish the mile run in elementary school and middle school. And I was always active, like I was a dancer, I did ballet and tap and that kind of stuff but I was never really part of team sports or an athlete in the sense that I would think of an athlete. And so I came to running much later, um, really like after I finished my residency in my early thirties and those first couple of races, you know, I would stand at the start line and just think like, I really, I don't think of myself as a runner. I'm not very fast. I don't look like, what I would think a runner would look like. And I the don't minus zero size minus zero. Right. Right. And I don't belong here. Like I'm not, yeah. In my very short shorts and only my sports bra, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would, I would look around and think I don't belong here. And, you know, over time I've learned that the running community is extremely welcoming and fun and um, that I was, but it was a little ridiculous to have those thoughts, but it took a long time and really a lot of years actually to really believe that I am a runner and that I belong here and that all paces belong. It doesn't matter if you're running a five minute mile or a 20 minute mile. We are all, we are all runners and we belong there and it's fine. But yes, there was a lot of, definitely a lot of thought work and, um, mental gymnastics before the marathon. I mean, I think I was in full on panic, like during that preparation and leading into like the peak training and just a lot of doubt. I had a lot of doubt that I would be able to juggle, you know, working full time and this training schedule and fitting it all in and being able to actually go the distance when I had never gone that far before. So I really had some difficulty believing in myself. And even in the middle of the race, I don't think I, I really thought I was doing it until I was well over the finish line and I had a medal around my neck and I was staring at it like in disbelief, like, I guess, I guess I did do it. You know, I had to process it after. Yeah. Like I really did the thing I said I was going to do. It does sometimes it's that delayed hit with it. And so you started in your like thirties, you started doing some races, then you did the big marathon in 2018. And then when did the coaching start to kind of pop into your life? Coaching really began after, after the marathon. I think before that, um, so I had started working with my own coach in about three years ago, like in 2017, and he really helped me to become a student of the sport 
like at first I was kind of just following the plans and I was loving the fact that it was, you know, a custom plan based on my crazy shift schedule and what I could fit in. And I was getting really great results. And then I started asking him a gazillion questions and really starting to read about physiology and why the training works the way it does and how, you know, training slower helps you actually get faster in the long run, which didn't seem to make sense to me at first. And so I really became a student of the sport um, when I started working with him. And then after the marathon, I kind of, I started dabbling in writing some plans just for friends and family and, and for myself. Um, and in later that year in 2018, I actually, this is where Ali Novitsky comes in. <laughs> she and I worked at the same hospital. She is um, a NICU doctor there and we had a coffee date. And the, the point of this was that I was in a place of some burnout in my clinical position. And I was having this coffee with her just to kind of brainstorm a little bit about ideas about where to take things with my job and with running and things like that. And um, so we talked for an hour. And at the end of this, she says, you know, I realized that you're, you're burned out and we can talk more about that. But do you realize for the past, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, you've been talking nonstop about your running and your training and the books you're reading and your coach and your coaching girls on the run. And you wrote a training plan for your mom, your husband, like, have you thought about really, you know, be becoming a running coach? And I kind of sat back, like the light bulb went off. I was like, you know, I hadn't really thought of it in that, in that respect. I was already doing it, I guess. Um, on the side, but I sort of took it and ran with it. And when I came home from having coffee with her, I kind of looked up all of the different coach certifications that you could get and what was really in line with what I wanted to do and help, you know, amateur runners like me and you, recreational type stuff, um, not trying to coach uh, collegiate athletes. <laughs> I want you and me to get out there on the road and the trail. So um, that's how I ended up taking the uh, the course with the Roadrunners Club. And so I took that course uh, last summer and started Mindful Marathon. So it all, it really was kind of a whirlwind of how everything started with the coaching, but it's a, it's a great story. And it also saved me from some serious burnout too in my clinical job. That's amazing. I love it so much because it just goes to show sometimes the things that we love most are just too close to our face and you got to have somebody else like be like, Hey, Hey, that's on your teeth right there. Like it's right in front of you. As soon as she said it and we were writing, you know, we, <laughs> we did a little brainstorm session on a piece of paper. And as soon as she said it, she put a big box around it and she was like, your eyes just lit up. And I was like, yes, this, <laughs> this is where we have to go with it. That's the answer. But it was right there the whole time. So tell me, or talk to the people who are out listening, who you specifically are like, girl, you're my tribe. Come hang with me. The, the, my tribe are really the people who were me um, maybe, you know, eight or 10 years ago. When I first started out, I, I got, I wanted to run because I wanted to kind of practice what I was preaching. Like I really wanted to um, be fit and I'm, I'm telling my patients and my families that I take care of to exercise. And here I am not really doing a whole heck of a lot. 
And so when I first started out, it was really for that reason. But when I would go out there, I would try to run, you know, faster and farther every time. And it was just, it was hard. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Like things were sore and I, w I kept quitting and I would go back to it and then I would quit and I would go back to it and I would quit. And then finally, what really stuck was just doing a little bit at a time, like um, maybe five or 10 minutes, just go around the block. And I found that it was helping to clear my head a little bit. And that's really how it started, like just five to 10 minutes, a couple times a week. And I slowly kind of worked up from there. So the key, I think, for people just starting out is really to start low and go slow. And it's always hard because um, people who are new to the sport often have a lot of motivation up front and they often want to go a little too hard, a little too fast. Like I love the motivation, but sometimes you just have to reel it back in and take it nice and slow because that that's what would lead to consistency and where you'll find the joy in it, I think. And just taking taking a moment to really be in the present and see how your body feels. And when you slow, when you slow your pace is really where the secret sauce is, I think. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are nervous to kind of join the sport of running, maybe for the reason that we talked about, like at the start line of a race, you look around and you think, well, I don't look like that, or I can never run that fast. So why would I bother with this? but it really can be an accessible sport to so many people. And no, no one says you can't walk. I mean, a lot of people, I used a run walk method for my first three or four half marathons. And my mom is a jog walker and she's over age 70 and she is always in like the top five of her age group in all of the races that we do. She's, she's amazing, but she would tell you I'm not a runner either. <laughs> that's so good you know that's honestly why I transitioned off of roads and went to trails because I'm that uber competitive like looking at my watch gotta go faster gotta go further and what I find on trail runs is is the trail will tell you what you can do and sometimes like it's a big old mud slick like this morning and it was like yep not running through that because I'm going to fall on my face so you just like hop pop pop you know and then move on or sometimes when you're going up a big big hill on a trail it's like all right I'm going to walk this you got it you got it mountain I'm walking you today you know where it's not a little trot and I found too just the I like I like playing in the mud the bugs don't bother me and it's just softer on my joints but if I had because I had gone through that cycle too, where it was like, run, quit, run, quit, run, quit. And if it hadn't been for like one more time, it was actually because I got interested in obstacle course racing as just something different. So doing like Spartans and Tough Mudders. And uh, yeah, and that's where I find mine now. And it's it's been good. Like you said, like the slower is actually so much more productive than the like trying to be the road runner and getting it all done and feeling terrible and injured. Exactly. I think for longevity and for fitness and health reasons, like slowing it down and going, going at your, where you are in terms of your current fitness will go a long way to being able to do it. Like I really, that's a big goal for me. I just want to be able to do this for a long time and I don't want to, I don't want to burn out in the sport, first of all, by doing like too much too fast. And then I also don't 
I'm really trying hard not to get injured because injuries plague, <laughs> plague a lot of runners. So, Right. So what would you tell the people who are out there who are like, hmm, I'm a little intrigued? Uh, I would say everybody starts somewhere. And all you have to do is one little step every day. So today, you don't even have to go out and run. You just think about why, why are you intrigued and why might you want to get started? I always have people start with trying to think about their why, um, because if you don't have sort of a good enough reason as to your why line, you'll probably quit or give it up sooner. So if there's a really good why and you find your motivation, and it doesn't have to be with running, really with anything or any kind of exercise or fitness plan, if you have a great why, I think when things get tough, you'll always come back to that. So even just today, I would say, just write down why you might be intrigued or why you might want to start. And and then you can go from there. I mean, then you can kind of assemble your gear, really. the mo- All you really need, I guess, is some running sneakers. I mean, you can use any kind of uh, workout outfit that you have. Sneakers are probably the biggest piece of attire that you need. <laughs> And then you can go out there and just do a little at a time, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes and work up from there. Nobody says you have to go out and run for an hour. You know, I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) You can work up to it, but not tomorrow, but you can just start somewhere and every, every day, take a little step toward the goal. I mean, that's, that's sort of how we, we work with everything, but it really works well for running. Yeah. And so if there's somebody out there who's like, okay, you've convinced me. I want you to be my coach. Where should they go to find out more about you? To my website, which is mindful-marathon.com, like the little dash sign. And there is a little quick start training guide there that you can download for free. That'll get you started and also get you thinking about your why. There's some little like journal prompts in there. And then if you want, you can schedule a little call with me and we can talk about how to get started, or if you have a specific goal that you're working toward, we can talk about that. And that call is absolutely not binding, just a call. Well, and to get you, I always say to get people started on the right foot. Like I'm happy to give some advice and get you started and you could see how it goes and then contact me again if you're ready for a a plan or something a little bit more concrete. I love it. All right, people, get your shoes out. See, I'm a minimalist, so I don't like a lot of cushing. I like to feel the ground. Other people, they got to get their brooks on. Let's do it. Let's all become lovers of running and not using it as self-punishment. Thanks, Michelle. really cool thing about this podcast besides that it gives me an outlet to just get all my word vomit out and talk all the time truly and really what it does is it helps me find people who are so aligned with my own life and Michelle is definitely one of those people and so many of my other guests are that same way and I am just so thankful that We have this little thing called Dr. Me First and that people want to come on here and tell their story and share what they're doing in the world because how else would I have found this? I just don't know. But I truly want you guys to know that 
Michelle has been an inspiration to me. She has helped remind me that some days it's okay if you just put your shoes on and you actually never leave the house. You put your shoes on. And then other days I hear her voice uh, in my head when I'm out on the trails running to slow down because slower is actually better. So if you're like I've been, vacillating with running, vacillating with my own fitness, going through that cycle of doing really, really good and then spinning out of control, I really highly encourage you to check out Michelle's website to look into her training programs and just sign up for her email list. She sends some amazing, encouraging newsletters as well. And I just want to give a big shout out to Michelle to say, hey, thanks. Okay, time for that kick of encouragement. Have you ever thought, can I really do this? What I really want to do? Hmm. I know I definitely have. Definitely in the early stages of trying to decide how I was going to fuel my passion and practice medicine and all of that. I just thought, can I really do this? So here's what I want you to do. Think of a moment about someone who made an impact on your life. One of those deep like memories. Visualize the face of your favorite coach attending, mentor, teacher, friend, fan, family member. Think about this person who helped you become the person and the woman and the doctor you are today. All right, you got their picture in your mind right now? I know I do. I'm thinking of Doc, Dr. Atkinson at Oakland City University. He was my biology advisor. He taught a majority of all the science classes that I took in college He was the guy that helped me get my application ready for med school. He shared his journey about how he got into osteopathic medicine, but then decided to take a change because he had kids at home. Doc, you made a huge impact on my life. I thank you for that. All right. Thinking about your person, guess what? They're probably not an internationally known clinician, teacher, Olympic star, NBA player, They're probably not famous or elite or legendary or a bestseller or the best in the world or a perfect human being in that matter. But they made a difference in your life. And guess what? Same goes for you. You just have to be you. You can be your flawed, messy human self with all your struggles, with all your imperfections, and you can still be an inspiring role model, coach, mentor, teacher, parent, friend, businesswoman, on and on and on. Being a great, you fill in the blank, whatever you aspire to be, has nothing to do with perfection. The only thing that matters is, do you care strongly about this? Do you care so much about this certain group of people who touches your heart that you want to serve them in the best way that you can? If you can care strongly about your people becoming stronger, more confident, more healthy, bold, then you already have most of the qualifications to do your dream. If you care, that's the biggest and most important part. The rest you can learn. The rest you can figure out. So I want to encourage you, be a game changer. Perfection is not required. And yes, actually you can do that thing you're thinking of. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.
this one's for Michelle. I know you listened all the way to the end. Hey, friend. Thanks again. Love you. Have a great day and a great run. Bye.